one parenting trick I think is like team up with another parent that has a child because two kids happy, then two mamas are happy and it just kind of works out. Solo Parent Podcast, Episode 4, Making It Work as a Single Mom, an interview with Joe Marie Scaglia. This single mom has three restaurants. This single mom has three successful restaurants. This single mom works nonstop, yet everybody loves her, especially her daughter. How does she do it? In this episode, we are visited by the Martha Stewart of the Midwest, Joe Marie Scaglia, whose fast, fresh concept makes Kansas City a better place. Some people call her the salad lady because her two locations of the mix and their sister restaurant, Cafeteria, focus on fresh, healthy foods. She's crazy inventive, and she's really good at what she does. She's also a solo mom to a super smart, totally adorbs daughter. Joe Marie's going to talk about how she makes it all work. Joe Marie, I can't believe you have time to see us today. I know you're always going at 100 miles an hour. And you're an incredible entrepreneur who has a devoted, passionate following, not least because your food is so good. And you have incredible taste and concept and design. And I want to talk to you about how you make this all work. I know that you grew up in restaurants, um, but did you ever see yourself as being a single mom in this whole like narrative of your life? What, how'd, that, how'd that happen? And how do you feel about it? Well, I definitely pictured my life completely different than it actually is and try to embrace the twists and turns and how things go. And it's been a great adventure. Um, Growing up, I grew up in a very conservative family, uh, 100% Catholic, Italian, close-knit, perfectionist father, mother that was in the kitchen all the time. And I have two siblings, an older brother and a younger sister. So I'm the middle child, which I think is the most well-adjusted child, by the way. Oh, good. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I grew up in a in an environment where, um, you know, boy and girl meet, and then they get married, and they have the white picket fence and the baby. And I was always a little different. One of my friends wrote a uh, paper on me when I was um, in, I think, fourth grade, and they had to describe a friend, and she picked me, um, our friend Kim Moeller, because we went to high school together, Julie and I. And she described me as gregarious, which I didn't even know what that word was. But I've always been a little bit um, nomadic and a little bit of a dreamer and a little bit of a perfectionist and kind of beat it to my own drum, which I'm finding out that my daughter does the exact same thing. So it's uh, paybacks for sure. <laughs> so I started my business in 2005 and 15 years ago and worked 120 hours a week and every moment and it was up at six in the morning and one in bed at one in the morning. And of course, that was pre-child. Some things don't change sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I found myself in a situation getting pregnant at 39, kind of unexpectedly, and A-Star was born. Love it. <laughs> and you were 39 and you had how many restaurants at that time? At that time, I had one concept, three units. And so that was kind of a juggling act. I opened my third Mix restaurant was probably four and a half. And so that's kind of a hard time. And so it was uh, interesting. It's, you know, being a parent, having young children, when you first have the baby, you're like, oh my God, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And then you're like, this has to get better. <laughs> and now a decade later, I'm like, oh my God, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. She's like a <laughs> preteenager. So you're like, oh goodness. But anyway, it's been a, a fun journey, and I am blessed to have an amazing, brilliant child 
who is actually a lot like me, but um, they learn a lot. So when you had her and you were all of a sudden you'd been working however many hours a day, like, and I know it doesn't stop, you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur most of my adult life and I'm a teacher as well. You take it home with you, but, but you get calls, especially if your restaurants are open on the weekend. Hey, we're, we need to do this or so-and-so didn't show up or what do we do? You're putting out fires constantly and you have this baby. Like, what did you do? How did, how did it work? Well, as you know, I'm a little bit crazy. I was redoing a house and <laughs> running two businesses at the time. And I sat at my kitchen table and she was on my lap and I was working as much as I could. It was kind of nice to take it back for a second and not be in store 24-7. And I took a little time off, I think, maybe a couple weeks, a month, maybe. But it is constant. Even now with business, the way that the world is, you could be in touch with people in so many different ways. So it's a juggling act between the cell phone, the text, the Instagram message, Facebook, I don't really get to as much, but I try to get on it. I have someone that helps me with that. Right. The emails. And so I, it's kind of crazy. So people can always get a hold of you and you feel like you're obligated to get back to them. So I do the best I can, but it's interesting and uh, just working through it. Well, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with you on your latest concept, um, the cafeteria. And we took our girls to California to do some research. And we kind of, they were, God, how old were they? Like seven, eight years old? Yes, it was four years ago. So, like, yeah, like seven, eight. So, they were little, and we put them in, we gave them jobs. We put them in charge of tasting the cookies and telling us, you know, we're visiting restaurants to see which concepts you liked and that, you know, things that you wanted to draw inspiration from. And and there's just so much in Los Angeles that we were able to see when we were there and the different markets and gathering inspiration. And these little girls were helping us do that. You know, I mean, is that like a, a parenting trick that you have to come into the restaurant and tell you, mom, this is good. Mom, this isn't good. I mean, I, I know you were raised in restaurants. Is that something that that you want to give like a sense of, hey, what you do is important or just bring her in? Is, is it a parenting trick, do you think? Well, I think getting her involved and interested is important, but sometimes she doesn't want to go to work because everyone's talking to me or she doesn't have the attention or all that sort of thing. So I, when she was little, it happened a lot more often. Right. Yeah. But I think by involving her on our trip that we went, that was amazing. And it was an escape and we were both having fun and the girls were having fun. One parenting trick I think is like team up with another parent that has a child, because if you have the two kids happy, then two mamas are happy and it just kind of works out. So that's definitely on my list. I did get her involved in the kitchen, and she would film videos making how you make buttercream frosting, and she would talk about all the different things, and so it's hilarious kind of to go back and look at us as, I mean, she was two years old sometimes, and she was making mint sorbet from the garden. Right. So, (laughs) And, I, you know, I, I don't even know how much she absorbs, but I could see now when she talks and the way she is and what she knows that she's absorbed everything we've ever experienced. And so when you're kind of doubting, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the right job or am I giving her a good worth ethic? And through osmosis or whatever it may be, they absorb a lot and... But, but that happened for you, too. I mean, I remember you telling me a story about your dad's restaurant that you were sitting 
propped up on a counter, like pulling the tickets off the wheel. Yeah, the black the black leather stool with the tickets, and I would garnish all the plates with parsley. So it starts really young, and it's it's nice to see her evolve, even though it kind of comes up sporadically, like how her worth ethic has kind of become one and the same with mine. Right. Even even though I don't try to do that, it's just she's watching and she's listening. And if you set and lead by a good example to the best you can be, then most likely it will be successful. I love this theme. And, you know, my this is about solo parents and how what we're doing is kind of the norm. There's a huge percentage of people who don't live in that traditional family that you're talking about. And we turn out differently than our parents do. And in this day and age, as opposed to our parents' day and age, at least our generation's parents, you know, I it wasn't really the norm to see single moms out there doing it. In fact, women couldn't get employed at, you know, without a man's permission. And there were certain things that you, women couldn't do. Now we can do a lot more. And dads have a different type of identity now like people are proud to change their kids diapers whereas you know in our fathers and grandparents generations they dads did not change diapers and did not care for the kids and we get to see a different generation and we're going to have these kids who have us as role models of how this works you know how we can make this work and you're one of those people who even though you might not see it right now and it might be so exhausting. What she's getting from you is this role model, you know, someone who's independent, someone who's doing her thing. Like, and you're really, really good at having a vision and bringing it to life. And that's something that you and I've worked on together is like, okay, so what words are we going to use to uh, describe this thing? And what's the concept? What's the narrative? And I just, I love the creative process that you have this network of people in your life who help you with that. So I was just going to say, you know, this tightly knit family you have and you guys are always helping each other out and you have your parents to help you, but that they might not always help you in the way that you want and their personalities at play. How do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with your parents' personalities and how they parent? Well, I think they parent her very well. My mom is a saintly woman and amazing and and a great person that never put any pressure on me as a child to be one thing or another. So that allowed me to just become who I am. And she enjoys her so much that it's it's got to be at least a weekly thing. And I am happy to say, yes, you could hang out. And they have this special bond. So you just kind of embrace that and go with it. And very grateful that my mom really takes that role on and helps me. And yes, there are certain things when you have someone who's 80, what they say, you just have to kind of just dismiss it and like move on to another topic because you disagree. Right. <laughs> but I, I I just pick my battles and I don't I don't pick them with my mom. Well, and you don't seem to sweat the small stuff too much either. I mean, you're just kind of like, meh. Sometimes it probably sticks. But other things, I, I imagine you're just like, yeah, okay, well, tomorrow's another day. Yeah, it's pretty much just putting one foot in front of the other every single day and just trying to make it through in the best way that you can. So you definitely don't want to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> and even the big stuff, you just try to handle it as gracefully as possible. So I noticed that about you, not taking things personally, you know, and people, when things don't work out as planned or, I don't know, I know that that there was, you know, you've, you've had situations where you've closed a restaurant and because it just wasn't popping the way you wanted it to so you could focus on other things, you know? Right. And... That's pretty amazing because I think some people get hung up on 
you know, things that might not have worked out the way that they wanted it to. Well, everything has its time and place and everything has a start and an end. So making the decision to, you know, close a business because the lease was up and not renew. I mean, I stuck it out for years and and did it, but it was uh, the right decision. And I never turned back from that. I'm I'm pretty much an all or nothing person. And <laughs> it's good to know that. So, you know, I, I, I'm beginning to know who I am as I get older. Do you think that helps you with that? Just seeing yourself reflected in her or? I think she's very similar to me and it's probably because we're side by side every single day. Yeah. <laughs> and she's very, very, very much like me. She's a perfectionist, sometimes by fault. She is a brilliant child. So she always outs- outsmarts me. So I can't get anything by her. But <laughs> but what I'm finding is she she's learned the kindness and she's learned that mom works hard. I mean, when she was two, she said to me, she looked and she goes, if you want something done, you got to give it to your mama. Like, like she was like, you know, let a, let a woman get it done if you need to get it done, <laughs> basically. And she does have people in her life. My dad is in her life. Her dad is in her life. Well, that's good. And and your brother is also a role model for her. Oh, yeah. Uncle Phil. She thinks Uncle Phil is like it. That's fabulous. Say that people <laughs> are available and it doesn't always look, like you said, that picket fence. Right. Mom, dad all the time. You know, your sister also is someone who has kids and has raised them on her own. And that might not be what your parents had expected of of their kids. I don't think my parents expected anything of the way we turned out. But the, the good thing is we turned out, you know, respectable, hardworking, able to live our own lives and, and have them part of our lives. So I think they are pretty proud, even though we don't fit the mold of the white picket fence. Well, it's wonderful to have parents who support you no matter who you are, right? I mean, that's a lesson to me, a parenting lesson, because my daughter is very different than I am. She is into stuff that I've never had interest in, and I I want her to be exactly who she is and not who I need her to be. But at the same time, I want her to be hardworking and have, like, integrity and values and, you know— yeah, they don't have to be the, the same as you, but as long as the, the good things are in them. We'll try to get the good things. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk talk to me about, speaking of support, finding caregivers. Because I know that having people who aren't part of the family as people who help pick up, you know, the pieces or even pick up the groceries or pick up, you know, your kid. Or how do you, what's, do you have tips about finding good caregivers in the community? What do you look for in someone? And, and do you have any advice? Because I know for me, I've had really lovely angels who've come into my life and have helped me when I was single parenting, couldn't, didn't have anybody to help me. And I just had someone who allowed me to take a shower by myself, essentially, you know, like someone who watched That's my really kids. really nice. I remember <laughs> she's in the baby carrier on the floor and, you know, yeah, just they're right by you all the time. Um, caregivers working and being the the person in the household that is everything is is you need a caregiver to help with your your child and i've been really lucky over the years of getting amazing people to help me and that love her nearly as much as me like they're still in their life so it was her nanny when she was six they're still in their life and now that now jordan's having a baby and it's like when's the baby born so these are people that you bring into your life and they kind of become family even though they're not biological family. Right. And the way that I've always found people to help me 
which by the way, is hard for me to get help because I like to do everything myself. So that's something I'm learning to kind of allow people to make my life a little bit more seamless. But I've had good luck. I mean, I found pretty much every single caregiver through word of mouth and through friends. Okay. So I'm fortunate that way. So my current Carla, who's kind of my right hand, she's uh, amazing. And I knew her mother who helped another family. And she texted me one day and she said, do you need any help? I said, absolutely. And so she is on board part-time and probably coming on full-time. She's studying to be a nurse, but she wants to have a little more life experience maybe before she goes into her her big professional big professional or maybe she just likes being a caregiver and she might stay there forever who knows where it will go but do you see like certain qualities in people like is there something that listeners might not be able to know about I mean I've hired people who did not work out I there was someone in our life who actually was violent with my child Mm. um and I'd even like checked references and had her for dinner and and really thought that she was going to be good but you know sometimes you don't know but were there are there things like that you would say this is the feel that I have or this is you know I am pretty much an intuition go by the gut feeling and I did have an experience with one caregiver that I that didn't work out so well, but it just wasn't the right fit for me and and that person. And it was recognized pretty easy. And again, that was someone who was referred to me right. that had taken care of children that we all grew up with for generation, you know, for a long time. And right. it just didn't work out. And and the good thing there is you need to kind of um, accept it early on and make the change right away. So that's important to notice if you're getting signs that it's not the right person to go ahead and you know, say, you know what, I, I respect you, but this isn't working for us. So I wish you well. And we're going to end this relationship. Right. So I think it's important to recognize that. My other ones, I've been very fortunate that everyone that's come, come and just really has been amazing and very kind and soft spirited. And they probably need to be a little bit more stern with her. But I mean, I don't. So sometimes I do. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been fortunate. But you definitely have to like listen to them and you know see how it's working out because they'll tell you right and and star will tell you yeah like she knows what what feels right or doesn't feel right i'm sure yeah and 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 you know there's a time in everyone's life where they do something and maybe they're a caregiver now but later there'll be something else and you just need to accept that this is what it is now and we do the best we can right now and embrace what it is and then when it it's time to do something else Wish everyone well and keep that relationship so you don't have your daughter wondering, well, why does this person come in? And then why does this person leave? And so you want to, I try to extend the relationships past the point of caregiving or whatever it is. So right, I think that's important. Right. And not burning bridges. Yeah, we never want to burn bridges. No, I, I like that. <laughs> Another lesson. Another lesson. A very good lesson. Yeah. Well, I think we need to talk about something really important. <laughs> what is that food oh yes yes <laughs> i mean food and family are what you're all about you know you built your new restaurant around this concept of family meals and how do you as a single parent recreate that sense of family with i mean what do you have tips for people who are at home who are like i can barely peel off the plastic off the <laughs> reheatable thing that i have at the end of the day cuz i'm so exhausted i mean is there any like what what would you say to you 
you know, on when on your like down days in in regards to nourishing your family? Well, I had a garden as a child, and so we continued that tradition. And so it's her garden, and she gets to put in there what she wants, and then I put in what I want, and we kind of do it together. And then we'll pull things from the garden and get in the kitchen together, which is really fun. So they feel like, you know, when they harvest the cucumbers and we make a salad, like it's really important and it's special. Those moments of her holding the bowl of cucumber with that huge smile on her face are like just great things to memories to make. But it's it's funny because food is such a part of my life that's in kindergarten and first grade, she would draw portraits of me. Like every year there's a portrait of me from her. <laughs> and it's interesting how she looks at what she decides to draw. So she always gets the hair, you know, that's brown and kind of shoulder length and the eyes and the glasses. And then she was probably first grade and she wrote on this, mom loves me because she feeds me. Ah. So she sees, and this, and I am totally this way, she sees me as a provider and a giver through food. Like some people do it differently. Some people do it through, I mean, of course I tell her I love her all the time, but do it through writing letters or whatever you have it. But I am known that I'm like, baby, are you hungry? Are you hungry? We don't want low blood sugar. Are we hungry? <laughs> so <laughs> like, you got to drink your water and you got to eat your food. And how she has written about it and displayed and through her artwork, it's very interesting. She gets that that's your way of expressing right. your love, not just to her, but also to your community. I mean, you right. found your passion, and it's a story that's gone through your family for generations. And I, I think it's wonderful that she understands that from a child's perspective, that my mommy loves me because she gives me food. <laughs> She's feeding me so I stay alive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> Isn't that just basic? But yeah, so food is, and you know, for me getting in the kitchen, it's like, it's my meditation. It's where I, you know, get in there and, you know, Star could be in the kitchen with me or she could be playing with her friends, but it's that creative that I love and all that. With that being said, as life gets busier and she's older, it's harder. The passion of cooking a meal just to get in there and get absorbed in the kitchen and make this lovely meal is taken over by my marketplace concept that I put in the restaurant because now I just, you know, am fortunate that I could pick something up and know that it's good. and It and, is good. And, you know, it, it saves a lot of time. So I, I don't, I think it's good. I don't think you need to get in the kitchen to like experience that full flavor or experience, you know, a great meal. There's other alternatives that you can and gratefully, one of them is my business. So that's what's driving everything. <laughs> but um, I do think getting in the kitchen and cooking with kids is real important. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful connection and it allows gives them a life skill that they'll use their entire lives. It's a real gift that continues. Yes. Yeah. When she says, I want to make some lemonade, she doesn't go to the cabinet and get the crystal lemonade. Right. And add water. She gets the sugar and the water and the squeezer lemon and the lemon and she makes fresh squeezed lemonade, and you right. know, that's what lemonade is to her. She doesn't know what the other is. Right, right. And she might take some mint out of the garden to add. <laughs> add a little mint, and she knows how to roll it with her fingers and then smell the herb. And Oh, that's so cool. I, For me, my ritual is reading. I read with my daughter in the mornings. I read with her at night. It's kind of how we connect. And so that would, you know, it it doesn't necessarily mean that, I'm not nourishing her in the same Absolutely. way. You know what I mean? Right. There are little rituals that we can do, just even those 15 minutes 
that for her feels it's a lifetime that we do that together. You know, it just feels like something that connects us. So that's a really good point that that it's the time spent together that's right. And I think with saying it's 15 minutes, some people are like, oh, that's not a lot of time. But if it's 15 minutes of quality, pure time, it's better than a whole day of not being present with her. I love that. Like and that's what I'm learning is getting older is being present. Like I was driving down the road the other day and I was like, you know, spring is coming in and I had looked up and I was like, well, when did those buds come on the tree? Like, have I not been present for three days? Like what happened? <laughs> and so it kind of wheels you back in, you know, and you look at things differently as you grow and you get older and it's different now than it was when I had her. So the the goal is to be more present Find a little time for me because before I would never leave her and I would never, you know, I'd be gone for 10 minutes and be nervous about her and then I'd be running home. And so it's about spending quality time when you have, even if you have just a little bit of time. That's right. And yeah. that's kind of what I'm going by right now. I love that. I think that's a really important message for everyone to just smell the roses for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Look at the trees, look at the branches. That's right. See where we are right now. Even if it's painful, we can still know that we're alive and in the next breath, maybe right. things will be different. Yeah. Know? So that's good. I think that's important for me right now. Well, I I love um I love talking with you. I love having conversations with you. Your ideas and your brightness always inspire. <laughs> and I want to encourage people who are listening to this. When you come through Kansas City, you have to go to the mix or cafeteria to try Jo Marie's delicious food. I'm going to drop her links in the episode notes. I want you to check it out. And I know that there are some interesting things that are going to start happening here in her space. So watch this space. This is someone who's got a lot of fantastic ideas and is out there to nourish our community. I mean, that's really what what you do. That is one of my purposes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's true. Because you walk in there, I know that I'm going to get something that is going to make me feel better. And my daughter loves it because she loves to see Auntie Jo Marie, but also knowing that, okay, those cookies are like the drop-dead best cookies in mm -hmm. uh, the universe. So my cookie taster um, <laughs> has come full circle and knows where to get the good ones. <laughs> they do know the good stuff. But when you come to uh, the mix and cafeteria, tell Tell everybody uh, that Solo Parent Podcast sent you. And Joe Marie, please come back and be part of this, this community for, for our listeners because I think that we need inspiration from people like you who are entrepreneurs, who are making it happen and doing it your own way and putting your daughter first in a lot of aspects of your life because she is the most important person for you besides... You know, the rest of your family, including the rest of your family. But I know that, that she's my number one. She is your number one. Mm -hmm. And that's so incredibly admirable. So I just want to thank you for being here today. Well, and thank you for having me. I'll come back anytime. Please. Anytime to see my friend Jolie. Please do. Let's have a, we'll have a social. We'll have a, we'll have a happy hour. And maybe, well, that'd be great. wouldn't that be fun? We yeah. can like make drinks and stuff. Yeah. I, I've been quite the mixologist lately. Have you really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So send us off because we got to wrap up um, with your like, what should we be drinking right now? I'm really into making different syrups okay. that could go from kids' lemonades to adult cocktails. Okay. So today, I think I'm going to make a blackberry rosemary simple syrup with lemon, and the kids could have it, and we could add some vodka. Oh, my gosh. So you, do you, like, simmer that down and... Simmer and strain. Simmer and strain. <laughs> Yum. And do you sweeten it with sugar? 
simple syrup in a nutshell is equal parts sugar and water. And then you could add any herb or fruit to kind of intensify it and change it a little bit. And then you just add your lemon juice and water. Can you bottle it and keep it in the fridge? Sure. Oh. I've got some mason jars of strawberry syrup in my fridge right now. Do you really? So when those strawberries are going kind of, you know. A little. A little on the little right soft. side. Yeah, a little. A little <laughs> just slip. cut the stems off, throw it in equal parts sugar and water and strawberries and simmer it. And then you have homemade snow cone syrup that doesn't have all the chemicals. You have strawberry lemonade. You have adult beverage kind of things to enhance the flavor. So there's lots of options. And that takes like 15 minutes. Like that's not. Right. I mean, the simmering might take longer, but the prep time is not. Really about 15 minutes in total. That's amazing. Okay. You can make an extra batch and have extra in the fridge. Oh, yum. (laughs) I want some. (laughs) I'll bring you some. All right. Jamarie, thank you for coming. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks so much. Yeah. Let's do this again. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Please follow us on Instagram at Solo Parent Podcast for goodies and more content. And tell your friends about us. Check our sister website, soloparentmag.com, for articles, resources, and advice. We're here to make your lives easier. The Solo Parent Podcast is recorded at Phosphor Studio and KCMO. It's produced by the shining Royce Diamond White, who's manning the recording studio. And a big shout out to Jason Orr and Jesse Black, who pull the strings here at Phosphor. Check them out at phosphorstudio.com. They're incredible. I'll see you next time. I'm Jolie Herman. Let me know what you want to hear about when you visit our Instagram page at Solo Parent Podcast. We might be solo, but we're not alone. Take care.